and sizes welcome to the show this is live free fm i'm your host nathan frazier and you're tuned in for two hours well maybe one hour depending on how how much you can stomach of pure audio anarchy tonight is a very special night for me i'm super happy about tonight uh first of all well some bad news and then some good news first of all uh i feel like crap today i've felt like crap for the past couple of days and, um, but I got my voice back. I, I, I lost my voice yesterday. I've been hacking up all kinds of yucky mucus stuff. I need to start taking better care of myself. Um, either that, I, I don't know. Maybe I got like the seasonal flu. Maybe, maybe some chemtrails dumped some poison on me. Maybe, uh, maybe I got Ebola. I'm not sure. Um, the last possibility is maybe my MK Ultra, um, CIA MK, MK Ultra programming is breaking it breaking down and, and it's manifesting in physical illness. But who knows? We'll just have to see. Maybe I'll shave my head and start crazy, start blurting out crazy stuff throughout the show. Stay tuned and find out. Uh, but speaking of MK Ultra CIA programming, I have a new MK Ultra CIA programmer or a controller or a handler. Whatever the term is, I don't know. I don't keep up with all the conspiracy theory stuff like I used to. But um, either way, in my rotating chair of co-host slash MK Ultra handlers, I've got a new one tonight for you guys to be entertained by. I've got Drew Sample from the Sample Hour. Are you there, Drew? I'm here, Nathan. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing excellent, and I am super stoked to have you on the air I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction for you, and then I'm going to hand you the microphone uh, virtually, I guess, and I'll let you take it from there. But So Drew is the host of a podcast called The Sample Hour, uh, an excellent podcast. If I were you, I would not stop listening to this show right away, but after the show is done, I would go and look up The Sample Hour on the internet and uh, check it out and download some episodes. I have been a guest on Drew's show a couple times. That's how Drew and I got to know each other. But plenty of of people that that I am just humbled by their intelligence. Drew seems to get them on, <laughs> and uh, I love Drew's podcast. And I wanted to I wanted to have him come on to my show and hopefully improve <laughs> the quality of Live Free FM. And um, so hopefully that's going to happen. But Drew is is not only just a podcaster, but me and him, we mesh on a lot of uh, a lot of other things as well. And I figured you guys would probably benefit from some of the conversations that me and Drew have. And uh, Drew's a, a guy that's into a lot of things. One of the things that he's really into is stand up comedy and uh, seeking out the truth and 
If you listen to this show, you know that we try to inject a lot of humor into the truth-seeking venue, which seems to be very, uh, very dry sometimes. The, the whole aspect of trying to find the truth out there can be very daunting, very depressing, and not very funny at all. So hopefully we can help put a smile on your face while you fall down endless rabbit holes. Drew, anything that I missed, go ahead and let the listeners know a little bit about yourself. Well, hey, guys. Uh... I'm humbled and blown away by Nathan's introduction. I uh, very much so, just like you guys, I sought out Nathan to be a guest on my podcast because I really, I really enjoyed your show. I heard you on Red Ice Radio and uh, listened to a bunch of archived episodes of Live Free FM. Um, so I'm, I'm humbled to be here and I'm excited to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, so, so. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by that intro, Nathan. I'm not even sure where to go with this. So, uh, <laughs> so this is a, this is like a second time for me on live radio. So this is a new kind of format. So um, with the sample hour, it's all pre-recorded. So for some reason, even though it's the same thing, it's just us talking into a microphone and communicating. The idea that people are live listening to me is uh, I don't know why it's a little bit different, but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, Happy to be a regular co-host here. So, um, yeah. So that <laughs> that's what I got, my man. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I agree with. Uh, so, so the introduction. Um, I actually preferred uh, being called a giant lizard. So I'm, I'm very much so of the lizard backing of MK Ultra. So, like what David Ike talks about. That's what oh, I. Dang it. Yeah. So, but you were close, man. So it's hard to get all those those uh conspiracies um in line especially if you watched conspiracy theory with jesse ventura <laughs> i also like the humanzy i like being the humanzy and uh that's 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 another that's another favorite of mine um but yeah so uh so yeah so just kind of getting into things man so how you doing today it sucks that you're sick brother ah it's all right like i said uh, as long as it's not Ebola, I think I'll be okay. So what's um, up? Oh, yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay. So first thing that we do on radio is we timestamp <laughs> or date stamp <laughs> the show. And so today is Sunday, the 23rd of November, 2014, at least according to the Pope it is. <laughs> and we are broadcasting live on Truth Frequency Radio Network on UCY.TV on LiveFreeFM.com, and of course, on 90.7 FM in the Denver metro area. And before we jump into the show, I do want to give a shout out to everybody that's visible, at least. It says there's a lot more people, but I can only see visible a couple people over in the chat room. Looks like Anon37001 is there. What's up? And thanks for joining us. Behind the Woodshed is there. Donna, Damn Defiant is there. Desert Hawk is there. Joe Friday is there. Jules, the lovely lady who makes the chat room available, she's there. Regular Girl is there. Myself, Sovereign King, I'm there. Top Knot is there. It looks like Captain Gringo is there, but he's not showing up in my uh, alerts. And oh, I'm sure there's probably more people there. But thank you guys for showing up, checking out the chat room, adding to the conversation, and uh, getting your 15 seconds of fame. Because um, now the NSA knows that you're listening. That's right. And Vincent Easley just showed up there as well. Much love, Vincent. Vincent's the for... man. I've been on Vincent's show before, too. I like Vincent. Vincent is the man. And Vincent is 
probably one of the guys that, uh, on top of doing his own show, he's always helping promote other people's show. He's he's one of those guys that isn't really a, a lot of people that try and and make a name for themselves in Liberty uh, are all about themselves. And Vincent's one of those guys that's all about trying to lift everybody up around him. So much love to Vincent, and thank you for doing not just on my behalf, but on everybody's ha- uh, behalf who. Vincent help li- helps lift up. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate him bringing new work to my attention. And uh, that's always awesome thing. So, Drew, let's see. I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> we talk about so many things, man. One thing we kind of wanted to cover was uh, for anybody that's uh, not familiar with the Trailer Park Boys. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, for anybody that's not familiar with the Trailer Park Boys, in my opinion, and I'm not somebody that advocates watching television, but uh, Trailer Park Boys, yeah, Trailer Park Boys, and The Walking Dead are my two guilty pleasures. Oh yeah, I, I love The Walking Dead and I love Trailer Park Boys, and I think those are probably the two best TV shows that have ever been on TV. And uh, there was recently an article about the Trailer Park Boys, but before we get into it, uh, let's kind of let's kind of express. I'll go first, and then I'll let you go. What I really love about the tra- Trailer Park Boys, yeah, and uh, kind of explain to the listeners that don't know because it's kind of a cult classic. It's not really a widespread mainstream show. Yeah, I, I think it would, the, the odd thing about the Trailer Park Boys is it's actually one of the like weird benefits of Canadians of of Canadians of Canada's weird um mandatory Canadian content law so they can only show so much stuff on TV so these guys are from uh, Nova Scotia and they're from like a really small small part of Canada and I guess apparently the story was it was like part of the local station at first and I think it picked up syndication but actually like Ellen Page and a lot of people got their start on that show um so I love the Trailer Park Boys. I've been a fan. I saw the movie on Comedy Central, and then I went and I uh, found the rest of the episodes on the internet, and then it came to Netflix, and I watched all of Netflix, and then thankfully Netflix actually brought them back, and now you can watch all eight seasons on Netflix. But um, that show is just so funny. It's one of the funniest shows I've seen. You can talk to any any comic, every comic that I've that I've met, love the Trailer Park Boys. Um, it's just so creative and funny, and it's. But at the same time, like, um, I, I think my favorite though. I mean, just Ricky. There's three characters: Ricky, Bubbles, and Julian, and they're always getting into some kind of mischief, and it's and it's always hilarious. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's one of those shows that is an acquired taste for sure. But once you once you've acquired the taste for it, it's almost addictive. Before I continue, though, I do want to give a huge shout out to all the anonymous listeners in the chat room. I just called. I got. I just got called out for not <laughs> giving any love to the anonymous listeners. I love everybody. Everybody that listens to this show and and shows up and. and Gives the live show support, everybody that downloads us, everybody that listens on iTunes, everybody that listens on Stitcher. You guys are the reason that I keep doing this show every week. So much love to all of you. And uh, if I don't see your name and I don't shout you out, doesn't mean that I don't love you. I even love the NSA agents that are (laughs) assigned to listen to the show and keep tabs on me from week to week. I love you, too. So thank you for uh, helping and adding to my downloads to make the show look more popular. 
Absolutely. Um, oh. <laughs> so Trailer Park Boys, th- this is how I came across it. I uh, One of my buddies works in a screen printing shop where they print T-shirts. And uh, they have a bunch of TVs in there. And they have the TVs constantly going. And one day I walked in and I see these three Canadian guys. And they are talking all kinds of crap and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And my buddy was like, look, dude, go back and watch the watch the the trailer for it or watch the initial black and white episode and start from there and watch three episodes and if you're not hooked after three episodes it's not for you. And so I went back and I watched the very first the pilot episode and by the end of the pilot episode I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. Yeah. And it's one of those shows where if you jump in mid-season, a lot of the jokes don't make any sense cuz a lot of the jokes are jokes they're references. They're like running jokes. They're references to jokes that happened sometime an ep- sometimes an episode ago, sometimes five episodes ago. Sometimes it's a it's a reference to a joke that happened two seasons ago. And unless you're somebody who follows the show, you can jump in at, at season five, episode three, and you won't get ninety percent of the humor because it slowly builds and it's very for being a very low budget. Uh, it looks like it's filmed with. It looks like they spend maybe two or three hundred dollars per episode on it, but uh, what they make up or what they lack in high budget, they definitely make up for in character development, and um, and and the stories on it are just absurdly beyond <laughs> belief. Sometimes, yeah, man, it's uh, it's so funny, man. Um, actually, you know, it was funny because they actually got some Netflix money for this last season. Like a lot of people were complaining because it was higher quality and they wanted it to stay in the like <laughs> the true lower quality uh, spirit. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great episode. Um, so punk rock libertarians came out with an article about uh, um, the trailer park. It's called Nine Examples of Agorism and Counter Economics in the Trailer Park Boys Season 8. Um, so before we jump into oh, that. Bad. uh We'll, I'll give the listener a little bit of a background. So the show went for seven seasons on its original. It was like Showcase, which is like Showtime or HBO in Canada. And then it was canceled. And uh, then Netflix picked it back up for an eighth season. And they made and, movies in the meantime, too, to like keep yeah, the they, story they going. Yeah, they did do a couple movies, yeah. Um, and now it's back on, like, like Drew said, it's on Netflix. Uh, and it picked up. And they... This last season, more than usual. Okay, so these guys are complete losers. They live in a trailer park. They're they're very ambitious, but everything they're ambitious about is illegal. And I'm not saying everything they are ambitious about is wrong or immoral, because a lot of the times, I think at the end of every season, every single season, they end up going back to jail. Yeah. And usually it's because one of their big schemes blows up in their face. But most of the time, their schemes involve Growing pot, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And uh, they, they actually, didn't they just make a movie called Don't Legalize It? Yeah, Don't Legalize It was their, their movie. It's like the pre-movie before this season. So um, so from season seven to season, in between season seven and season eight, I think there's about three movies. Um, and so they make it Don't Legalize It because Ricky doesn't want it to be legal because he's had to go to jail so many times for it being illegal, and he doesn't think it's fair that people can grow pot and not have to worry about going to jail <laughs> or something stupid like that. And it's funny because 
so many of the people that are proponents of the war on drugs, so many of the people that I know that want the war on drugs to continue are drug dealers who only want it to continue so that they can continue making a profit off of it. Yeah. And that's pretty much Ricky's argument. So he goes to the, he goes to like the Capitol building and he, he, I don't know. You got, I don't want to ruin the movie. So you guys should check out the movie. You can, um, you can catch it on primewire.ag. Um, but anyways, okay. So, (laughs) so that, that kind of gives you a feel for what these guys do. And, um, I, I would say if you haven't listened to the, or if you haven't watched the show yet, you're doing yourself an incredible, I mean, even if you don't have a TV, if you're listening to this, you probably have internet access of some sort, go and watch some pirated downloads of that show. Cause it's, it's amazing. But, uh, this, this week in punk rock libertarians, they just came out with an, with a, an article called examples, nine examples of agorism and counter economics in the trailer park boys season eight, which is the newest season. So we're going to kind of be going through that. And I don't think that I really want to do a let's read straight from the article thing, but I want to kind of, we'll, we'll hit each point and then we'll, uh, we'll kind of talk about just kind of off the cuff. We'll just talk about it. Is that okay with you? Joe? That's perfect, man. Okay. So I will read the introduction though. And then, uh, I'll read the first the first point, and I'll let you respond to that, and then we'll just kind of go from there and see how it goes. Sounds good. All right. So, and this is one of the things, a running joke in the show is, is Ricky always has these Rickyisms where he just uses the completely wrong word. I think that sometimes <laughs> rubs off on this show because every once in a while I do the same thing. But uh, he says, it's not rocket appliances. It's just simply supply and command, <laughs> which is awesome. But he probably delivers it a lot better than I did. But it says, the long-awaited eighth season of Trailer Park Boys has finally been released on Netflix. And as always, there are some interesting philosophical and economic concepts hidden in the comedy. The specific reoccurring theme that I'm talking about or going to discuss in this article is agorism. Agorism is a strategy of non-compliance that uses counter-economics and underground markets as a way of keeping power in the hands of the average people, thus slowly diminishing the power and relevance of the control structure. Growing food, using Bitcoin, homeschooling, running a small business without a license, bartering and starting community currencies are all examples of agorist activities. Some agorists are even so bold as to create businesses that will challenge existing state monopolies, like we saw last year when Detroit residents started creating their own community protection agencies because the police were no longer responding to 911 calls. It is simple. It is as simple as finding a need in your community for a particular good or service and attempting to provide that value without any sort of interaction with the government or any other unchosen third parties. In other words, the basic idea is to try solving the problem yourself with your community instead of waiting around for a politician to make the problem worse. Unfortunately, the Trailer Park Boys are not a perfect repre- representation of what agorism is all about but they regularly violate the non and they because they violate regularly violate gosh i cannot get that sentence out because they regularly violate the non-aggression principle committing acts of force fraud theft and coercion that agorists would find unacceptable it is important to mention that while agorists make a point to break bad laws they believe that it is immoral to violate the health freedom or property of another human being with that being said, there are many nonviolent activities in the Trailer Park Boys 
or that the Trailer Park Boys get involved with in hopes of making a living and providing services for their neighbors. And I think that as we go through this, we might uh, we might talk both about the agorist activities and we might talk about their violations of the non-aggression principle as well. And um, maybe just have a very interesting conversation about uh, all of these things. So the first point is Ricky's hash coins. Do you want to explain to the listeners what Ricky's hash coins are? Yeah, so Ricky, um, as dumb as he is, which you'll watch when you see the show, Ricky has these moments of just brilliance. And one was everybody was just buying weed off of him, but it was too much work to track down people to sell them weed so we could go have money to go buy stuff. So what Ricky decided to do was take his hash and put like a little marijuana leaf stamp on him and create his own currency. So he creates his own hash coins and he goes to the gas station and they take his hash coins. Everywhere they go, everybody wants his hash coins because everybody wants his hash. So um, it's actually pretty cool. And uh, and in real life, um, I forget there was a special, a long time ago I saw, this guy kind of did the same thing with gold and silver. So everywhere he would go, he would offer them either cash or his gold and silver coins that he'd made. Like he'd, he'd, uh, are you, are you familiar with this guy at all, Nathan? Uh, I've heard actually of a couple people of doing something similar to that. Yeah. And it, it's super creative and, um, and man, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the barter system. And I think, in, and it's pretty much when you create your own currency, that's, that's kind of what you're doing. I mean, it's your own form of bartering. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to get in line with, with the federal reserve or anything like that. And you can literally, control your own life and not be a prisoner to any currency or anything like that so well it's it's a step up from barter because barter is just i've got this good you've got a good that i want let's trade together but uh when you create an alternative currency you're saying well you might have a good that i that i want and i might not have something that you want but i've got this commodity that will hold wealth that we can exchange so when barter that runs into the problem of dual wants coincidence where both parties don't have something that the other party wants. Having something like a hash coin or having something like a, a piece of silver or, I mean, even so far as a, a Federal Reserve note, which is my least favorite form of money. Um, but having something like a, for, a Federal Reserve note where I can get your good and I can give you something that you know you can use later to get something you want from somebody else, which is exactly uh, – it's a step up above barter. But, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very much in line with a, a free market counter currency. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I think uh, – what's that, uh, that one town created their – actually a few towns have. But what's the – isn't there a town in like the East Coast that created their own currency too? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I know there was there was Von Nothaus made the Liberty Dollars, and he was selling those nationwide. Uh, in Colorado, actually, one of my friends that I'm going to try and get on the show in the upcoming future, uh, Joby, Joby Weeks, or yeah, I think that was the last name. I'm, I'm totally screwing it up. But he helped create a community currency here called Mountain Hours, which was basically an hour-based currency and there's there's people that are doing this all over the place now yeah it looks like um i just looked this is from 2012 four towns have their own currency uh ithaca new york ithaca hours um ithaca hours yeah i've heard of those berkshire's region of massachusetts they do berkshire's 
Traverse City, Michigan uses Bay Bucks, and Salt Spring Island, British Columbia uses Salt Spring Dollars. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes back to the whole locally resilient thing. I mean, I think like, you know, we people are trying to really start getting bored, especially here in uh, Columbus where I'm at with locally sourced food and everything else like that, like trying to get everything local. But I mean, there's no reason why you can't do that with your own currency. Um, and so I, I think, I think, you know, people, you know, if, if, you know, if, if you can, if you can get enough people involved, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's a very realistic thing that you could do. And, uh, and it's, it's exciting. So good job, Ricky. Proud of you, bud. (laughs) Yeah, right. Good job, bud. And uh, along those lines, actually, I don't know if you've heard about it or not, but there's actually a digital currency called Potcoins, which is exchanged in California amongst a lot of the uh, medical marijuana dispensaries where you can buy Potcoins. And because a problem that a lot of the dispensaries are are running into in legal areas is the banks won't do business with them because the banks are afraid of the federal government. So they get stuck with all this cash and then they're getting robbed and and it makes them a prime target for robbery. So instead of having keeping a bunch of cash on hand, they've been investing in a counter currency called pot coins, which is kind of like bitcoins, but exclusively for the medical marijuana market. And, uh, that, that's another thing that's uh, – it's not the same as Ricky's hash coins, but it's it's uh, along the same lines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, that's, it's interesting too. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I don't think a lot of dispensaries – do they accept Bitcoin or – They don't. Bitcoin is probably the most accepted counter currency, but it's not – They haven't uh, crossed worlds. Some of the more businesses like that that are trying to avoid – uh, any excuse for the government to crack down on them. But uh, Potcoin is one of the ones that they've all kind of voluntarily accepted and um, where Bitcoin might not um, might not have the purchasing power, Potcoin seems to be gaining more and more purchasing power, at least in, in California. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so next next on the list... We got well, actually, you know oh, what? We are coming oh. up on a break. We got 45 seconds. So 45 seconds. Uh, all right. Tease, tease what the next Let's one is. Tease. Well, the next one is about building without permits. <laughs> and this is something that happens all the time on Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to talk about building without permits and uh, why this is, an, is a form of agorism and um, examples. We'll give a couple examples that they do. And, uh, yeah, stick around because it's going to only get more and more interesting. This is Live Free FM. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sentient creations of all shapes, colors, and sizes, welcome back to the show. This is Live Free FM. I'm your host, Nathan Frazier. I have my my guest co-host, Drew Sample from the Sample Hour podcast. How's it going, Drew? It's going well, going well, having fun. All right. Thanks again for coming on and and joining me and making the commitment to be here. I really appreciate it. I know my listeners are going to love you, so uh, it's 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 awesome to have you here. I'm very glad about it. Um, before we jump back into the show, I want to give a huge shout-out to Dr. Harry Weiner, <laughs> Ph.D., who's in the chat room over at uh, livefreefm.com. Much love, and thanks for joining the show and... And uh, that's my kind of guy, yeah, <laughs> right there. Your parents, your parents were uh, they were very creative. <laughs> and also, I, I 
never joining us in the chat room, but always listening. I want to give a big giant shout out to Stal Jansky, who uh, who's who just hit me up on Skype and said, I hate the trailer park boys. You're probably not enjoying this episode, but please, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to stick around. I know you probably will anyways, just because you're a stand-up guy and you'll suffer suffer through uh, us talking about a show that you don't like. But much love and thank you for uh, joining us tonight and uh, tuning in and being part of the listening audience. I appreciate that. And everybody that's listening on whatever kind of mobile device, I know we get a lot of downloads on podcasts. Thank you for listening. And real quick, as a... Uh, I don't ask for anything in return for doing this show, but I'm going to right now. I I, uh, I don't make people pay for the downloads. I I don't um, I don't have advertisers or anything like that. But something that you guys could do that would really help me out though is if you do have us, if you do have iTunes or if you do have Stitcher, or you have something like that where you listen to the show through some sort of podcatching apparatus. Uh, go on there and rate the show and, and give us five stars or a thumb up or something like that so that uh, you can help spread the the reach of this show. And um, if you're on a social media networking of any kind, uh, maybe consider if you like any of the episodes that you hear, maybe consider sharing them on social media on Facebook or Google Plus or I don't even know how to pronounce it. Sue, I think, T-S-U dot C-O. Any of those, Twitter, any of those things. If you guys want to help out the show, uh, just spreading it, letting people know that you're listening to the show and, and making it available to people who maybe have never heard of the show that you think might enjoy it. Uh, that helps out way more than advertiser dollars or donation dollars or making people pay for downloads. Uh, I put it out for free because I want people to listen to it. So if you enjoy listening to it and you want to help me with that goal, go ahead and share the show and let other people know about the show. And Drew, we are, uh, we're talking about the trailer park boys. And, That's right. Um, one of the things that they're always doing is building without permits. Uh, in, in, I don't know about in Ohio, you're in Ohio, right? Yes, sir. So I don't know about in Ohio, but in, in Colorado, like, some of the cities in the city that I'm in, they're so crazy with city council control over property that if you try and build a deck on your own property, you can lose your house over it. Uh, there's actually houses in Fort Collins that are part of the historic area of, of Fort Collins, the old town section, where if you even paint, if, you, if your house is, the paint is starting to come off and you paint your house without getting permission from the city first, they can seize your property over it. They've actually taken people to court and uh, tried to take their homes because they wanted to paint their home without permission. And um, shenanigans. That's yeah, crap. it's crazy. And uh, one of the things that they're always doing in Trailer Park Boys, which I, I'm surprised that. Uh, well, I'm, it's a TV show, so you have to s suspend your belief. But frequently, they're <laughs> they're building uh, onto their trailers. They're they're uh, doing all kinds of stuff. I mean. And one of the things that's funny, I don't know if you remember this, but for a while, Ricky's dad was living in a trailer that was halfway burnt down for the <laughs> longest time and uh, just didn't even care. if the, It seemed like there was no city inspectors or anything there that came in and tried to kick him out for living in an unsafe premises. And this is all the time. What are some other examples that you can think of of, of building without uh, permission or without permits? Well, the... This season, I know they, uh, well, Bubbles always seems to build a shack. So I know he's had his shack destroyed a couple times and they've had to rebuild it. 
They never used permits. Um, I know in one of the movies, Julian wants to turn his trailer into a car garage or into like to fix cars. So he augments it and turns it into a car garage. Um, this season, <laughs> this season, I know uh, there's a lot of stuff they did. They uh, they built. Um, they did an addition onto Julian's trailer, um, which is actually the the next one as well. But we'll kind well, of let's let's hold off on that one first. Okay, okay. So um, you mentioned you mentioned bubbles. I want to actually jump in real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So. When I first, like I said, the first episode that I ever watched was probably a season or two in and uh, Bubbles, I was like, this guy's like half retarded. This like, <laughs> I thought he was like the comic relief. I was like, this guy, the way he looks with his big old bottle glasses, glasses yeah. and the way he's like emotionally driven. I was like, this guy's got to be like the retarded uh, comic relief. And it's funny because in appearance, he looks so much more are so, so less intelligent than Ricky and, and Julian. But once you actually start watching the shows, he's like the smartest one of the three. And he's yeah. the only one with like a rational head on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Bubbles. Uh, well, it, yeah. Bubbles. He'll get into trouble sometimes. I mean, he always goes to jail with them, but he's always, uh, he, he, he definitely is the guy that's like, I don't think we should do this. We should straighten up our act. And he always gets tied into Ricky and Julian's schemes or he'll get played by one of the two against the other, and like Bubbles is Bubbles is awesome. Uh, the guy Mike Smith who plays Bubbles does an awesome job. Um, so I know in this season with the building permits, one of the things they did was uh, they so Ricky basically he he uh, he his fortune is in his his hash, so he's created his currency, but he wants to keep it cool, so you you can't. He wants to keep it at a certain temperature. So he stole he stole this giant air conditioner from like a building. So this air conditioner from a grocery store. Yeah, from a grocery store. That's right. He stole it from a grocery store. So they decide to install it under Ricky's trailer. And I think the initial plan was to to actually run it and power multiple trailers, but they never got to that part of the construction job. So they hook it up and um and the they the Randy comes and Randy is taking over as trailer park supervisor. And Randy used to be a male prostitute and Randy's a character himself. He he never wears a shirt and he's just fat. And he's got a big old cheeseburger belly. <laughs> yeah, and he's a hairy chest. And so Randy comes over and he asks him about permits uh for the air conditioner and it eventually like uh um they usually just tell Randy to get lost and he's afraid of them, so he usually does. And uh, so he, he he leaves him alone. So kind of like segueing into building without permits. So I know here in Ohio, like you got to go through a bunch of crap. Um, you have to get building permits. I mean, it's it's just a another tax. Um, now something though that's really cool, which is which is popping up, is the tiny house movement sort of thing. And uh, I, are you familiar with the tiny houses, Nathan? Yeah, and. If it was just me living on my own, I would I would love a tiny house because they're pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm tossed I'm I'm in between an Earthship and a tiny house personally, um, and but the cool thing that like there's this great documentary on Netflix as well that's called Tiny. It's like an hour long, and actually I think the guys from Colorado that made it the the um, the two people are, um, and so the guy is like he's like my age, 
and he's worked, he got out of college and he's been working and he's really kind of unsatisfied and he, and he, it's a really, it's a really powerful, it's a really cool, powerful documentary. So he, his, he decides what he wants to do is build a tiny house. So he does all this research. He has no construction backgrounds, but he goes on the internet and he figures out like the best way to build one of these tiny houses and the best way to avoid permits is if you build it on wheels. So if there's on wheels, you don't have to subject yourself to any permits. So that's the cool thing about it, because I guess it's considered a vehicle and it's not actually considered ah. a home. So if you have wheels and like a lot of people are building these tiny houses off of trailers. So then once if you want to move, you can. Um, and it's all designed. Um, it's all about efficient space. Um, it's all kind of about like a really minimalist like uh, approach to things. Um, but so tiny houses are super cool. So if you if you are building and you want to build. Um, and avoid permits with the government, then make just put wheels on whatever you're building. Um, <laughs> so the the one thing is that that um, plumbing is kind of an issue with that, um, but there's there's ways around that too. So he doesn't do the best job with plumbing um, in this documentary. Um, he just uses uh, like lime and he just poops in a bucket pretty much. Or um, so, and what I do like is like in earthships, I know, I think you do have to get permits, but a lot of people just don't. Um, I know, uh, the guy from the Venus project, he always battled with permits, uh, Jacques Fresco. I don't really agree with his philosophy, but his buildings that he builds, like his house that he's built, it's actually pretty, pretty sound and it's pretty efficient, energy efficient. Um, and I know what's cool about the earthships with, with waste is it kind of builds an ecosystem. Um, and it kind of, um, are you familiar with the earth ships, Nathan? At yeah. All? I love earth ships too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like, uh, I like having a little bit of space. Same here. And I like having <laughs> a big bathroom and a big kitchen. So yeah, I hate small kitchens, man. I I'm, I'm a big dude and I, <laughs> I'll knock things over. So, right. And I love to cook and, yeah. uh, I cook a lot of my own meals and, I I really need a big kitchen, and that's the only thing that really holds me back from the tiny house or from the uh, from the Earth ships. Is I love to have a big kitchen, and uh, if I had the the money to to build to build my own house, I probably would just build a kitchen and then add a couple rooms alongside <laughs> it. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, I I agree, and also to the toilet in the same room as the shower has always been kind of a weird thing for me. I remember my grandpa had a trailer when i was younger and it was set up like that but i'm sure i could get used to that so that's not as big of an issue but the kitchen is that i think if you if you if you designed it in a certain way you could probably have a decent space kitchen um so i think it, a lot of like my my buddy lives in this um condo in toronto and the way it's designed it's like a very kind of minimalist condo like the walls to the bedroom are actually kind of like sliding doors um, and then it's all kind of like that concrete finish. Um, so instead of like using tile or anything, it was, I think it was concrete with, and then they put like the, uh, they treat it and they put like a surface over the concrete. So it's like, it's inexpensive and it looks really cool. Um, but the way he, his place is set up, it's like a big room and then there's the kitchen, like there's the fridge and then you have like a counter space and your oven. And then right next to it is, um, is, is like where he had his TV and then you had like a couch and like a, a porch, but you could kind of take a similar design or a similar approach with uh, with a tiny house. You might be able to you might be able to make that work work, Nathan. <laughs> um, 
So, and then you still there, Nathan? Yeah, I had okay. myself on mute. So okay, no, over here. Oh no, you're fine. Um, so but so permits, yes. Yeah, so that's that's one way you can avoid permits. I mean, there's there's plenty of ways. I mean, if you live out in the country, um, people don't mess with you as much as they do in the city. So if you live just outside, like city limits, um, you can get a you can get away with a lot more stuff here in Ohio. So um, let's actually let's hit two of the points for the. Uh, in this last season about yeah. building without permits and it kind of goes along with that, but it also goes along with opening businesses without permits, which is, that's a huge part of agorism is people that operate businesses without getting permission. And, uh, for some businesses it's feasible for other businesses. Like the one that I have, it's not feasible because most of my, most of my clients are, uh, are people that have business license and are going to report that I did work for them. And um, so I can't really operate without a license for one of my businesses. But uh, for other businesses, it's it seems pretty easy to operate without a license. And in this last uh, season of Trailer Park Boys, one of the ones that they opened was actually Julian. Julian is a funny character. I think through the entire eight seasons. I've only ever seen him one time without a drink in his hand. I even saw an episode where they rolled a car and he pulls himself out of the upside down car and he still has his drink in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he starts a, a sports bar and gym, which is kind of a, a weird combination. They're always kind of coming up with goofy combinations like that. Yeah. So the sports bar and gym was a cool idea. So, uh, Julian always, you know, whenever he's in jail, he's always working out. And uh, then they wanted to have a sports bar, too. And I think we can include that other, the fourth point, too, which uh, with J-Rock and his rock vodka. Um, so what they do with this sports bar and gym is they kind of make it like a hub for all their all the hustles that they have going on in the trailer park. Um, so one thing that they do is the when you come to the sports bar and gym, so you it runs strictly off of donations and, and and they like to stress with all their customers in the trailer park that these donations are tax free. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the way around it. And what's convenient though is J rock who, if you don't know who J rock is and you haven't watched Trey rock boys, he's a white rapper and he's, he's hilarious. He's um, probably my favorite character. Yeah, on the show. Him and uh, Tyrone who's uh, which is his, like his manager. Um, so he left hip hop because he wanted to uh, become an entrepreneur and he created Rock Vodka. So the nice thing is with Julian's bar, they use Rock Vodka. Um, and then later on, they, what they do, and this is going to hit on two points, is they decide that they want to expand the business of the sports bar and not only make it a sports bar, but also a strip club. So they put a strip pole in and then they decide that they want to actually have a patio and they have that on top of the sports bar. So they do a little bit of more construction without permits and they create their, 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 their strip club called the dirty dancer. And <laughs> which is funny because Julian looks just like Patrick Swayze and they even make multiple references to him looking like Patrick Swayze throughout the show. <laughs> Yeah, and, and what's cool is the way they pay their dancers is with Ricky's hash coins. So they get paid in in Ricky's hash coins, and they use um, rock vodka. So it kind of stays in the locally resiliency, the local resiliency 
of keeping everything in-house and inside the trailer park. And they're trying to uplift the community through the Dirty Dancer and the sports bar and gym. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the things that's really that really shines through is they do have a very strong sense of community. And whenever outsiders come in and try to uh, attack one of them, uh, the community does tend to come to even though they're all poor and they're all white trash, except for Tyrone, who's uh, not white trash, but uh, (laughs) the rest of them are all white trash. And um, but every time anybody comes in that tries to uh, there, there was that there was a a a fake Bible salesman that came in trying to loot him. There was uh, the 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 antagonist of Julian who tries to be the the other badass of the trailer park. And every single time the trailer park, the whole community comes together and, and defends each other. And, and uh, whenever Ricky and Julian are coming up with a new scheme or a new business, the the rest of the trailer park is always there to help promote that business. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny, um, and uh, so something else that kind of leaks in from the Dirty Dancer um, is so Bubbles out of everybody in this season, Bubbles usually gets tied into the businesses going on of Julian and Ricky, but this season not so much. Bubbles wants to go off on his own, so he has this idea because he has a shed. He's living in a shed his whole life. So oh, before, keep going. We get, before we get yeah. into that, uh, let's just give a little bit of background. Bubbles always, you, when you live in a trailer park, you always see the trailer and then you see a shed next to it. Or not always, but typically. And the shed next to it, Bubbles, whether it's Julian's shed or Ricky's shed, Bubbles is always, he's he's kind of like the tiny home guy. He kind of uses the space inside of a shed efficiently as possible, puts a bed in there, puts his little television with his rabbit ears, has a couple shelves, has some decorations, and he makes a tiny little home and out he of has, the shed. And he has and, like uh, 40 pet cats. <laughs> yeah, so and he loves cats. That's his. That's that's one of his biggest uh, character things is that he loves, he loves kitties. That's absolutely. So Bubbles has this dream. It's Bubbles' shed and breakfast. So it's not just bed and breakfast, it's a shed and breakfast. So Bubbles' idea was he'd have multiple sheds, and what's going to happen is is that uh, there's other people out there that are traveling, maybe maybe be agorists themselves, and they travel with their kitties. So Bubbles wanted a place, for a shed and breakfast for kitties and the people who, who love them. So that was one of his ideas. Now, Bubbles' idea is not nearly as popular as, as you know, Julian's sports bar, strip club, gym. So what ends up happening... Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, my bad. going too far. My bad, my bad. Too fast. Too fast. Slow yeah. down. <laughs> too fast. <laughs> to the left, to the left. Oh, back to the right. Oh, right there. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, so, so, so to kind of expand, so something that's going on right now, um, very, it's very popular, is uh, micro-entrepreneurship. And there's services out there right now, like Airbnb and Uber, where you can, it's kind of, um, I forget what it's, it's share. It's like a share. share car sharing. St- yeah, car sharing. And it's like a share style business, though. I mean, like everybody's like, you know, you're, you have to efficiently like try to have your 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 property pay for itself. And, and I think that's, it's something like Airbnb is huge and it's catching on. I've used it a couple times. I've been happy. So... Um, I I would say I guess that's like the closest thing that's going on. I mean, there's other options too besides Airbnb, 
And there's but Airbnb is is like a online bread and breakfast, but it's not like a, a traditional where you buy a house and you go and ask the city for permission. It's just, hey, we've got this spare bedroom. Our kid went to college and we're willing to rent the bedroom out. And it's just like Uber where the taxi companies go to the city and ask for permission and jump through all the regulatory hoops to have the multi-thousand dollar plaque that says they're allowed to give people rides. And people on Uber just say, hey, I've got a car and I've got some free time. So yeah, I'll drive you here and there if you want to throw me some money. Uh, Airbnb is kind of the same thing where they're providing the same service that a bed and breakfast does, except for they're doing it without the permission of the city. Correct. Yeah. And and the cool thing too about like Airbnb and Uber, which like, you know, the hotel industry and the cab industry don't really have a leg to stand on with their arguments against these two um, up and coming uh, companies is that um, this is all, these are all private transactions. I mean, this is like when you order an Uber ride or you hail an Uber ride, like that is not, you can't just, you can't just put your thumb up and get an Uber ride. You have to have a registered account. There's a, there's an in-depth rating system for the protection of both the owner of the the driver and the, um, and the person getting a ride. And the same thing with Airbnb. Like when I got it, like I had a, they wanted to do uh, the company itself because they have like a million dollar insurance policy for everybody's property. Um, I had to put a picture of my ID and it had to verify my identity through via my ID. And I think I linked on in my Facebook account too, just to confirm it. But I uh, recently used it a couple times. Uh, one was with uh, my, my girlfriend. Um, and uh, another time was just, we had like a comedy show and people coming in town and I didn't really want everybody to crash at my place. So what I did was I just, uh, um, I just, I used uh I just had got an Airbnb spot and we all chipped in and paid to use it. And it's an awesome experience. I mean, it, it's cool to talk to. And, and, and what I also like about it, it's like in the spirit of us breaking down this barrier that, you know, we're all, we're so afraid of our neighbors and everything like that and kind of putting trust back into one another. And it's, and it's, and it's a really cool thing that I'm, um, I, I have a friend in, in San Antonio and he was like, you know, I have, at the time, and this was months ago, he's like, I have 88 five-star ratings on my, for my, for my service that I'm providing at Airbnb, go on Yelp and see how many businesses you can find that have that many five-star ratings right. like, in a row and, and no, nothing else but five-star ratings. And you mentioned there are the argument that the cab companies and the hotel companies have against it. And really what it comes down to is there's a new market and people have, the internet has made it possible for people to connect and uh, cut out the middleman. And they no longer have a monopoly on the services that they provided. And now they're going to the state and begging for regulations to eliminate any of the competition. And they want that monopoly again. But uh, it's such crap, man. They don't. Yeah, things like Airbnb and, and Uber and Lyft are proving that we don't need the state to keep us safe. We don't need to be afraid of everybody, of all of our neighbors, and and have the state get in the middle of all of our business to keep us safe. So the big cab companies, the big motel companies, and the state, they all three hate these, these new ways of us connecting. But uh, I, for one, love them. And they're all examples of agorism. They're all examples of people saying, you know what, we don't need the corporate structure. We don't need the the government regulations and the government permission, and they're just doing it themselves. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm also I'm a huge fan and I, I think it's uh it's exciting and I think it's uh it's going to it's just gonna change. I mean that's 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 the way the economy's going. Like that's the that's the whole thing. I think if if you work a job now, I mean really look into getting a part-time business, really look into becoming a business owner or an entrepreneur or an agorist or or something like don't like you get away from being reliant on somebody else. Period. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's, that's what it's about to be free. Yeah, Um, And that's, that's where uh, the market is pushing people now. And it's, to me, it's an, it's an awesome thing. Same Uh, here. So we've got 50 seconds left. I want to let you plug all of the stuff we work on before we're out of here. All right, guys. So please, please, please go to iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. You can download me from Xbox. Um, uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find my podcast. So, which uh, is the sample hour. So please rate review and subscribe. Um, iTunes is big to give me reviews because they don't track downloads. It's very much so like a Yelp style system. Um, also I'm in a, a member of the inspired disorder collective. My friend Ray Taylor put together a collective of podcasters like myself and, we were just kind of uh, inspired collectively. So go to inspireddisordercollective.com. If you buy Ray Taylor's art, use uh, code the uh, sample, and I can actually uh, you can actually contribute to my podcast. All right. Until next week, keep your head up, keep your mind free, live free FM. Significantly rapping for the smart folks, quick to take apart folks, messing with my barcodes. Below par with your average rap. You want beef? See me slicing off the animal fat. Uh, you pussies better get your annual pack. I'm abnormal with the pen, I push the pad to the max. You H to click, we put our lives down to show you our flaws. The type of honesty that hip hop's lost. You want glamour? Ammo have you bleeding in brawls. Go home and tell your wife it's just Pinot Noir. Murderer, herd of a sheep Beat me in your dreams Murder you in your sleep Good things die
trample samples like lungs to a camera. Black arrow niggas just to make that example, but I, but I don't set those. I set trends though. When niggas thought the Southern Cali was all funk and endo, I was write my name with a scribe inside of a bus window. Got a nine to five to survive, but I couldn't make the rent though. I was broke like Mr. Window, less paper than a Kindle. I watched the crib nigga with some five percent info, but, but back to the beat. I rap for the street, for dudes that spray paint and write raps on concrete. I mastered defeat and I conquered all my failures. Get respect and spend my checks on some Dodgers memorabilia. Yeah. Don't let a good thing die. Cause honey.